All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Kente Corner, your favorite casual Hoya basketball podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Bancroft, and here, as he often is, is Marcus Washington at MTC with Mook. And we are back in the Itiad Lounge, I believe, and haven't been here in a while. Looks nice, looks nice. What's not nice is the final score today. Georgetown dropped another game at home. Hoyas are 3-3. Three and three. And even though, you know, they, they have already picked up a bad loss this season, I feel like losing two Americans, 74-70, stings particularly um, more than some others. There's It's, it's American. They're local. Former JT3 assistant Mike Brennan is over there. They ran the Princeton, something that we saw here for years and years with a lot of success. And Georgetown, completely new team basically from last year. The results still aren't there. They're 3-3. Three and three. There's so many different ways to go. Brandon Murray didn't play, although Patrick, to his credit, did not bring that up as any sort of excuse. It's got a lower body injury. I guess he injured himself dunking, Yes, I think he said, in the LaSalle game. So off the bat, that was not good. But Georgetown should still, as a program, have enough to beat American, who you know they haven't lost to since Patrick was a player, 1982. They should have enough in the tank, in reserves, in on their bench, in the depth of the program, to beat a team that's not predicted to do a whole lot in the Patriot what are your initial thoughts? Is it, say this, is it just the same old game we keep watching over and over again? It's the same game. It's poor decision-making. First of all, fourth straight game where they've blown a lead. Um, yeah, they were up 16 today, 10 at the half. <laughs> yeah, they've, they've blown a lead. And also, uh, it's just the same thing over again when things get tight in the second half, decision-making gets poor. And Primo Spears made bad decision after bad decision. So when Georgetown has 17 turnovers, it's not like it's 17 forced turnovers. It's 17 committed turnovers. And it just prevented Georgetown from winning a game that, like you said, was winnable. And and Mike Brennan didn't bring it up. But he didn't have Colin Smalls, which is probably the best player on their team. So somehow AU was able to persevere without their best player. But Georgetown was not, and that just doesn't make any sense. So you cover a decent amount of AU games. Patrick Stevens was sitting over there with us, longtime local college basketball um, reporter, journalist. And I asked you guys, I said, you know, what's what's American shot today? I was like, is it is it getting hot from three? Is it taking a lot of threes? And that was kind of basically the consensus. How important was that? And, you know, I mentioned a little bit ago, they did run the deliberate Princeton mm-hmm. offense. What was kind of the, in your opinion the the biggest factor I think for me was what AU did defensively and I know coach Brown really? talked about second shots by Georgetown but when they really took away the post entry pass Georgetown stopped reversing the ball they gotten AU got into Georgetown's guards they couldn't get into a rhythm they couldn't get into a flow I think this game for AU was one on the defensive end and then they made enough plays offensively um, with the three-point shooting, they got the backdoor cuts at times, but they made those plays because their defense held Georgetown in the second half, and they let the offense catch up. I think um, AU might have made their first five or six shots. Four for five, and uh, O'Neal had that three rim around that right. we, we thought was going to hit. Yeah, and in, in the second half, but it was only a 10-point game because defensively, AU changed the game near the end of the first half by getting them into the Georgetown guards, making them feel uncomfortable, and the ball just never switched sides of the floor. Now, if 
you go back earlier in the game when Georgetown was scoring, the ball was reversing, and they were getting everything open that they wanted. AU took it away. Georgetown could not make the adjustment. I think it just changed the whole tenor of that game. Yeah, so, you know, I, I talked, you know, I asked Mike Brennan afterwards, you know, did it give you hope? Did you have a chance to talk to your guys at halftime and say, look, because, you know, they were down 16, looked like it might have gone away. Mm-hmm. Um, did you say, hey, look, you know, this is a Georgetown team that's always winning at the half. You know, they were they were just up on Northwestern at the half. I think it was only two. You know, they ended up losing that game. They were up on Loyola Marymount at the half. They were, you know, they lose that game. They're up on LaSalle. Even though they won, almost sort of felt like a loss, right? Like, you know, and he said, you know, he was really just focused on, you know, four-minute, you know, intervals and you try and just chip away and do this. They didn't have to chip away. They got right to it. Mm-hmm. Um, is the problem with this team, and I know that you're probably not the biggest Dante Harris fan, is the problem with even Primo Spears, he doesn't really seem like, you know, he ends up six assists, five turnovers. It doesn't maybe seem like he is a point guard. So they kind of, they're not going to play Denver England, which they did in the first half a little bit. They don't really have point guard. They don't have point guard depth, certainly. Right. But as Primo Spears, would he be better suited as a smaller shooting guard? I mean, what, what do you think? Like, what? How, I don't know. I guess I'll just stop there. What is it that, that Primo is not doing good enough? Because oh, well, he's scoring a lot. Yeah, and I think that's part of it, what it is, is that he has so much success earlier scoring that he's forgotten the other part of being a primary ball handler, which is getting the right guys the ball on time in their right core spots. And as the season is going on, that has happened less and less. I think he's searching for his own shot. He's searching for his own scoring. And now he's passing the ball as a secondary as a secondary job, as a secondary trait, instead of getting Georgetown on their offense as a primary trait. And then when things are open for me, I can take advantage of it because I have that sort of talent. He's going away from that since about game three. And slowly but surely, the Georgetown offense has digressed into what we saw under Dante Harris when he tried to be more of a scorer than a point guard. Sometimes you have to play off of other people. And that way things open up. And now Primo does not give himself a chance to play off of people because he's trying to be the primary guy and have people play off of him. Georgetown's individual talent is not good enough to do that. They don't have explosive wings. I mean, they just don't have explosive wings. And when you look at in Arkansas, they have those type of wings. You probably can get around, get away with doing that or in Alabama, but those aren't the type of guys that you have here at Georgetown. So it's playing within the restrictions by your talent and what their strengths are. And Spears just has not done that. And Ewing's uh, not trusting angling to more minutes. Um, oh, he made that one mistake yeah. in the first half, and he went. I think I, I think I nudged you or something. Yeah, I yeah. wanted to go back to what you just mentioned that you know the talent isn't good enough maybe to overcome some of this. And if you listen, you know we don't get a chance to hear Patrick in the offseason very much. They were very limited. Um, it did sound like everything coming out of of Ewing was, you know, yeah, I'm taking some blame, this and that. We have better players this year. Yeah. It's going to be better. And it started to look like this year. You know, it just it seems like at least together these players they seem more talented. You've got different guys that could maybe go off on a certain night, but put together the talent isn't there to overcome bad scheme or you know yeah. mediocre coaching or I mean that's the way it looks like, right? On paper they are better individually, um, but they have not found a way yet to have some sort of system, some sort of discipline where that all gets maximized. And this is not the only. Um, 
it's not the only school in the DMV having the problem because I'm a firm believer that George Mason has the same issue that individually their talent is better, yeah. um, but collectively on the floor it's not showing. Georgetown is going through that. They have so many different guys who are flexible, and you think to yourself, man, I can play with lineups now depending on my opponent and depending on where we are in the game from the scoreboard and the time. So, yes, on paper, in theory, Georgetown should be better because they do have more options. But if you can't maximize that flexibility or put them in a position to be able to take advantage of it, then you have a better roster with the same flaws and with the the same inefficiencies. So, again, they lose to American 74-70. You know, they eleven in a row versus that versus the Eagles. They don't play that often. There's a lot of talk. You know, Georgetown doesn't play GW, and you know they don't play George Mason. And you know, Howard and American have been the locals that they played for last year. I remember thinking that Howard had a good shot at getting them. Um, I was sort of disrespecting American a little bit because you know they didn't even go crazy. I thought you know they'd have to go crazy from three. Yeah. They were seven for twenty-three. Georgetown was six for nineteen. Um, you, you know, I mean, we can get into the nuts and bolts of it. At the end of the day, these are games Georgetown just has to win. You have to show up. If you're a Big East program, you have to show up and win games like this. I tried to ask him about pressure in a way that didn't include last season because I felt like the answer to that question could be, we're a different team. So I said, you know, these guys, we've heard Primo Spears. I think we've heard Brandon Murray, definitely Primo, talk about Georgetown. College basketball is better when Georgetown's better. I came here because I wanted to make Georgetown better. We've heard Patrick say when he got here, he wanted them to get, you know, he got there because they weren't doing well enough. He wanted to bring them back to when he was a player. Clearly that's not happened. After last season, you know, coming into this season, I want to get them back still. His answer to my pressure question was basically said things that hit home with me a little bit because he talked about pressure is, you know, providing for your family and pressure is that people have to get up early. And I saw my mom get up at four o'clock to go to work, get home at eight because she had to work, you know, really far away for a long time as a single parent. Um, that's fine. That's not a real answer to my question. Right. Within the confines of what we're doing here, the reason that we're at Capital One Arena, the reason that you're coaching at Georgetown, do, do you and these kids feel the pressure to bring them back? And how are you handling that? And, you know, what, what did you think about what, what he said post game? What did you think about his demeanor? I thought it was, uh, I took it as deflecting. Yeah. Um, when people generally go down that route, it is to deflect. Because what he said was true. Yeah, and it, it's 1,000% true. But it's not. With, with that being said, that was not the intent of the question. And obviously, he knew that was not the intent. And it, I think it's because he, right now, him and his staff don't have the answers. And I think that's where you need to start is he has a new staff. Are the staff on the same page? Are the staff presenting things that they believe in? Or is it one of those, this is the way I want to do it? And you look at the staff's faces and it's kind of like, oh, well, if he wants to do it that way. And, you know, kids can see through that and players can see through that. So the first thing is, is the staff on the same page? And are they presenting it to the players as a united front? Uh, I thought defensively they had, they and I didn't ask this, and I kicked myself for not asking this, they went um, three straight possession zone. Yeah, and, and it worked. They had three stops. They had two turns. They forced two turnovers. The guy the guy who was at the free throw couldn't, couldn't hold on the ball. No. Wasn't strong enough. And then they went away. They went away from it, and they never came back to it. And I'm a failure for not asking that question in postgame. Um, why didn't they go back to it? And this is the thing that um, I think that 
the staff needs to understand if you're going to preach to us or anyone who's going to listen that you're not worried about developing the bench you're not worried about developing this the only thing you're doing is worrying about winning that particular game yeah then you have to say if zone is working let me do this until au shows me that they have the answer to it and it seemed like nope we're going to do it i'm not a zone guy so we're just going to come out of it even though the zone was effective and by the way i'm gonna be honest with you there is no coach who can be successful in college basketball if you are trying to coach 31 games like it's game seven of the nba finals it just does not make sense well i agree with that and i also agree with or I also think that, and I've been saying this, you know, I just keep saying the same things over and over again. Luckily, people are tuning into Kente Corner, which is incredible. But, we kinda, you know, we keep watching the same movie, and then we kind of keep saying the same things. But I don't know how you... So the first half is basically going exactly like you would hope it would. Maybe you're up by a little bit more. You're up 40 to 30. You've given a lot of run to Matumbo. He's yep. produced. He's gotten some good, you know, some good opportunities. He's scored on them. We got to see Denver Anglin a little bit, you know. Um, obviously, because Brandon Murray is not there, you had to change your rotation. You had to, you know, throw Heat or throw uh, Mazone in the lineup, which means Riley and Bristol are obviously going to play more. But that's kind of like what these games are supposed to be, right? Like they're going to Texas Tech in a week. Like these are the games where you know first half's chugging along, you're kind of getting everyone minutes, you know you're on pace to score eighty, you're getting all your guys, and then it just comes crashing down. In the second half, you've got to like, like you said. Well, we have to just win this game. Yeah. You, you, and I, part of me gets that, but the other part of me is like, how are you going to build a program this way if right. if you're not going to play Denver Anglin in these games, let alone Deontay Bass, um, Bradley, you know, all these, you know, you're only two freshmen. How are you going to keep them? How are you going to how are you going to you know develop them outside of practice? And I think that's got to be the frustrating part for the people watching the games. And you know, maybe Patrick would like to play them more, but we've heard him say multiple times, and he said when we got the answers back from Little Sal post game was, you know, I think Ron's question, Ron Bailey from Hoyer Report was, you know, how do you integrate you know new players, but also try and like you know um, give time to your freshmen? And he's like, I'm not worried about that right now. Right. And I believe him. Yeah. You, you know, he said first game of the year. That way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, first game of the year, I think I asked something like, you know, a little disappointing you get to use your depth against Coppin State. He's like, I don't know how deep we're going to be this year. Yeah. And you're like, well, you brought a lot of new players. Then Wranglin's talked about as being one of the best shooters in this class. We don't ever see him shoot yeah. one for one. He uh, made the three near the end of the yeah, game. He, he, yeah. Did that, yeah. Um, you, you know, we don't, we don't ever, see, we're not going to get the chance to see that. Right. And I, I think, you know, it's just, it's just a problem for this program. Um, You've been covering the team for a while. Is this, and maybe you're biased towards American. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, this list keeps growing as far as the mid-majors that Georgetown's lost to over the years, whether it's mm-hmm. with Patrick here, you can go back to the JT3 time. You know, I think in real time, this feels like the worst one, maybe because it is American. Yeah. Um, you know, David Aldridge is out there. He's going crazy, rightfully so, you know. Obviously, sure. I'm sure he's friends with Patrick as well. No hard yeah. feelings. Just That's his alma mater. He's Mr. Eagle. But this feels like the worst one, right? Yeah. At the end of the game, I, I said, this is worse than Dartmouth. This feels worse worse than Dartmouth. I mean, number-wise, Ken Palm, it was worse. Yeah. But just because it's American. Yeah. You know, I don't care about how much you paid them to come over here. That's not my problem. Right. You know, all that stuff, the buy game stuff. This feels like the worst one. And, oh, yeah. Um, and unfortunately, this is one of the locals that they'll play. Does that yeah. go away? <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? I hope not, because that that's... 
I mean, that would, I think, make it look worse. Well, it sounds like that's what happened. Um, they almost beat Reggie and the Miracles. Yeah. And then Big John said, that's done. We're done. We're done playing this series. And it took a long time to come back. Yeah. Um, does the fact that it's a JT3 assistant add a little extra? Or has that been so long now that it doesn't matter? I mean, I, for me, it was like, oh, my God, they're going to Princeton them to death. And, I think for Georgetown fans who have been fans throughout that, I do think it matters because it is a connection back to – you know, um, years that were very productive and probably years that are missed. And I think it's a quote from the office, you know, it'd be nice that you knew that you were in the glory times when you were actually in the glory times. I keep trying to tell myself that in my yeah. in my regular life. Yeah, you know, so and I think that when you look back to fondly onto JT3's time, you kind of feel like at times you probably didn't appreciate it as much. And, and Brennan is kind of that connection to that. So, no, I think it... It strikes a little bit. Yeah, I think his last game on the staff was Gulf Coast. Yeah. I think he left that summer. I can't remember. It's hard to remember all the. I was. I couldn't believe he'd been here ten years. Yeah. Um, you know, and Jeff Jones did such a good job. Um, who's now at Old Dominion. Yeah. Brendan hasn't gotten to that level, but you know. Um, so it's Thanksgiving time. Uh, you know, not necessarily what are Georgetown fans thankful for because I'm not sure we would get any answers suitable for family podcasts, <laughs> but if you put on your Georgetown goggles and say, hey, I'm a Georgetown fan, what is it, is there something that they do that you would say, this is a positive and this could lead to success? What is it that you see with your Georgetown goggles and your coaching hat? So I want you to two accessories on. What is it that's happening out there that would lead you to say, you know, is it just a cook a cook? Um, is, is there something that you would say, hey, you know, if they can improve on this, I think you could start to see some wins happening here and there. And that, that's where I was about to go to go. <laughs> I think if they can improve defensively and play less second halves in the half court on offense. So if they can turn the ball over or get teams to shoot quick shots, leading to long rebounds where the rebound serves as your first pass to your transition. If they can do that in second halves of these games where they're competitive or better in the first half, Georgetown will be competitive and probably win more games uh, doing that. And that's an achievable thing. That's not an unrealistic thing. It's an achievable thing. But there has to be a commitment uh, of playing the last 20 minutes in the fashion that you played the first 20 minutes. And, and if you get that, I think you'll see a better product. I see, think you'll see a better team with the roster that you currently have. Yeah, for me, you know, if I had to answer that question, I would say that it's to find a way to get the most out of Wahab in about 25 minutes mm -hmm. and figure out how you split up those other 15 minutes at center without running a cook a cook into the ground. Right. And I think that probably is going to – it's probably going to – you're probably going to need to see first half Ryan Matumbo spread out into both halves. Yeah. And I think when you use him, that might be the time where you try and play more zone. Does that make sense? That would make sense, even though I will say the one time I really paid attention to Ryan <laughs> in screen and roll. Okay. He defended it better than he defended okay. it last okay. year. Okay. Doesn't mean he was great, yeah. but he defended it. No, I think that what we should see and could see is, is more zone. And honestly, you know, I would love to see a little bit of trapping, uh, more half-court trapping and not just the trapping or the deep pressure full court. I think you can mix it up. 
and and uh, play some half court trapping once they get it over maybe after the first pass or the second pass and then take away the corners which is where Georgetown when they tried to trap in the half court earlier in the season where they got kind of stuck because if the trap didn't come hard teams were finding the corner three and, and again these are all things that are actually fixable you're not asking them to port in a new team these are things that with practice and some competent coaching that you could see this roster doing. And I think too, um, Primo just has to find more willingness to set guys up. I think it was a cook a cook in the second half where I think we were sitting there and I think I mentioned that Kareem, this is going up and he passed it to a cook and a cook. It mm-hmm. seemed like he bobbled it yep. because it was kind of the shot that Primo would take. Like he would have been like a little like teardrop floater. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that, um, you know, again, I don't think it's worth saying, oh, if Brandon Murray had played, this would have been a win. Look, Brandon Murray played against Coppin State. They survived. Right. You know, Brandon Murray played in the little Marymount game. They lost by 20. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't think it's a matter of roster. I think it's a matter of using this roster to its full potential and getting them to believe. Thankfully, I am young enough not to remember the last time they lost to American. Do you, as a young person, have any memories of that? Because it probably wasn't even on TV. Maybe probably, home team sports? I, it, uh, I don't remember seeing the game. Obviously, yeah. I remember that it was a You would have been a kid. Deal. You would have been a kid. Yeah. I, obviously, I remember it was a big deal when they when they lost that game. But I don't remember seeing seeing the game. So. I mean, it seems that seems like one of those, you know, the game before was Samson versus Ewing. Yes. Number, I remember that one. Number, well, that was a big deal. I mean, yeah. Every game in the in the sun wasn't on TV. Yeah. So it was, a, was it was on TBS, I think it was. I don't remember. I think it's that. on TBS. And it was a big deal, right? Yeah. I mean, these are just back when the big men were kind of such yeah. a big deal, obviously. Um, and that's, you know, we can go on for that. But it's very explainable. Like local, you know, um, Tepscott had been a good assistant for Gary Williams. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they were a good team and all that kind of stuff. Um so I don't know. Um, before we get out of here, mm-hmm. it's Thanksgiving. Are you hosting? No. Oh, uh, yes. I think we. No. You should know right now. You should know. I know. I should know by now. I'm going to have to. I think that we are hosting. But we're not having a bunch of family over. Okay. The side dish you can't live without. Oh, macaroni and cheese. Okay. Yeah. Hands down. Okay. My uncle makes like this cranberry. It's not sauce. It's like a like a spread. Mm-hmm. It's really random. Um, that's probably my go-to. I'm just boring. Just the mashed potatoes. Although I am going to deep fry a turkey for the. That sounds exciting. <laughs> it, it is exciting. It adds a little bit of uh, adventure and uh, flair to the whole event. Although you cook it really fast. Yeah. Like I think in the oven, you're like talking three, four hours. You're opening it. You're fiddling with it. Yeah. This one, it's just like two and a half minutes a pound. Got like a 16-pound bird. Boom, boom, boom. It's going to be done. Hopefully, I don't completely char it. Last time I did this, I had a backup plan. Mm-hmm. I do not have a backup plan. Wow. I think we would be going turkey burgers. I think I've got enough frozen turkey burgers that I don't know if that would be very well received by everyone that's made so. the made the journey to Northern Virginia. Um, that's kind of that's kind of my plans. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't expect to be doing a pod today. Thanks for yeah. stopping by no M- at MTC with Mook. Yeah. Um, you gonna be back here on Saturday? You're coaching, or uh, I believe I will be back here on Saturday. UMBC or Siena? Uh, uh, UMBC. UMBC, and then they, they go to Lubbock, man. Like, I, 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 I watched them the other day, and like one of the you know, look, 
you always want to play the best competition. This is a game arranged uh, battle for the Big Twelve. What is it? The yeah, Big East, Big, Big 12, Twelve battle, yeah. whatever. So it's awesome. It's got a little bit of McClung involved. Um, you know, if you're an old fan like me, you remember that Sweet Sixteen game against Texas Tech in the mm -hmm. Georgia Dome. Um, so there's a little bit of Texas Tech history, but oh my gosh, mm -hmm. based on what they just did to Louisville, and um, you know, I don't know how thankful I am. Um, I am for that game, but it'll, you know, it'll be, look, these are the games you got. You got to play them. Uh, Ken Palm, real quick before we got out, I like to post this all the time. Posted the other day. I did not think I would be changing it after today, but Ken Palm, new projected record for Georgetown, ten and twenty-one. 4-16 and 16 in the league. So it's gone down, by, I think, by two Big East games. And I want to say when the season started, I think Ken Palm had him at 14-17. and 17. It's hard to find 14 wins. Well, no, now it's down as, to 10. Right, yeah. I mean, as of today. Uh, well, they've yeah, got three. Definitely. You only have to find seven more. I mean, yeah. Yeah. We'll see. If you're watching this on what Mook put up on his Twitter, you can see um, I'm doing some smiling now. <laughs> not because I'm super happy about these, the way things are going, but just because how can you not smile? It's Thanksgiving Eve. Yeah. And, um, I mean, what can you do? I mean, we're not, you know, what, what can you do? Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, everyone, subscribe, like, send me a Kente Corner. Uh, send me a message about Kente Corner if something new you want. I know everyone loves hearing Marcus talk from the X's and O's. So thanks again for joining and until next time, maybe Saturday. Although I don't know if there'll be one for Saturday, but there might be a need. You never know. Ever since I lost to Dartmouth, I walk in here thinking, who knows, man? <laughs> and I think that's the best attitude for everyone involved. Most definitely. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys.